Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, and not love, it profits me nothing. Let us pray. Our Father, we know that you are in our midst this evening. We have felt your presence. We have seen it demonstrated in the testimonies of so many this evening. We praise your name because you loved us. Therefore, we shall love and return those about us. So bless us this evening as we meditate for a few moments on this thing, love. We pray in Christ's name. I want to title the message this evening, It's Love or Nothing. And I believe that. It's love or it's nothing. You either have love or you have nothing. It's just that simple. Until God comes into a person's life, a person has nothing. And you remember when you were that way. When you had nothing. But you didn't know you had nothing. That's the strange thing about being unsaved. For the most part, not always, but for the most part, people don't know there's something missing. And I have, over the years, had people stand up and give similar testimonies. And one of the things that is striking to me is that they're saying that they now have something that they didn't even know existed. And we call it love. This morning we set the stage for the next three sermons. And given the basis of love, I want us to specifically look at these three verses tonight in just a few minutes. And see what Paul said about love in relationship to the points that he makes. He said, even if I would speak in the languages of all men and even in the language of angels. Don't have love. I am nothing but a noise. Nothing but a noise. There are lots of people who are very eloquent in their speaking. We hear them on TV. They run for a lot of offices, and they sound pretty good. And a lot of the preachers that you hear on TV are very eloquent. They sound tremendous. They sound good. They're good orators. But even if that man were the greatest orator on television, the greatest preacher that you have ever heard in all of your life, but he doesn't preach what he's preaching from a heart of love, 
you should turn him off and never hear him again. We have seen many people come and go who have had all of these great abilities of speaking, but they know nothing about love, and if they do, they certainly are not sharing it. On the day of Pentecost, you will recall from your study of the New Testament, Jesus told his disciples to stay in that upper room. Well, that wasn't hard to tell them because they were scared to death. They were afraid of the Roman soldiers, and so they stayed in the upper room fearful. He told them to stay there until they were empowered with the Holy Ghost. And suddenly when the Spirit of God came from heaven into that upper room of 120 people, the, the apostles and the other followers of Christ, 120 of them were gathered together there. The Spirit of God came into their lives and could not hold them inside that building. They burst out into the streets and they started preaching on the street corners or wherever. They were not gifted linguists. They were common, ordinary people just like you and me. But something had taken place in their lives that gave them boldness that they had never thought they were capable of. No longer were they a fear of the Roman soldiers. They burst out into the streets and they started preaching the gospel, telling people about Jesus Christ and about what had happened to them. And great multitudes of people came from all over that town to see what was going on. And they were preaching in languages that they didn't know because God performed a miracle in order that people from all over the world who had gathered in Jerusalem for the, the Passover feast could understand the gospel. And that day, 3,000 people received the same spirit that they had just received. And they were baptized and became followers of Christ. And although the church was persecuted from that day even to this, it has not deterred the growth of the church. There is no way the church is going to give way. It will always be here until the Lord Jesus returns. The more the church is persecuted, the more people believe, the stronger their faith. That's one of the reasons I believe the Lord has to to bring some trials upon us at times is in order to strengthen us, to show our fortitude, and to be able to stand up and do what many of you did this evening and say in the midst of all the difficulties we have, we can proclaim that we have something that is superior to all the problems the world has thrown at us and will not defeat us because we have something given to us from God. It's love. But if you take all that eloquence of speaking, and even if you were capable of speaking in the language of angels, and by the way, there is no place in the scripture that tells us what language the angels speak. So don't try to figure that one out because you won't. But if you do any of this without love in your heart, you are nothing but a sounding glass or a tinkling cymbal. And what that means is, 
a, the, the brass that those guys have to wait for the right note to clash together or that little symbol that, that you uh, hit, that little triangle thing, whatever it is, independent of the rest of the orchestra doesn't make any sense. It's just a noise. And that's what he's talking about. We are nothing but noise makers if we don't have the love of God in our heart. There are lots of people making noise. But ours will not be noise. Ours will be a beautiful orchestrated preaching of the gospel. If anything gets in the way of the church and the preaching of the gospel, then it begins to sound like a tinkling uh, cymbal or a sounding brass. It does not coordinate with that which is being done. It correlates to pagan worship. If you ever do any studying of uh, pagan religions, you're going to discover something about them. There are a lot of noise, but there's no coherency to it. It's one difference between what we do in worship and what pagans do in their worship. Compare the voodooism of Africa to the blessed singing of the gospel hymns and you will see the comparison and a person who does anything within the church without love is doing nothing more than the pagan ritual of making noise. He goes on to say, though I have the gift of prophecy, and have not love, I'm nothing. Jeremiah was a great prophet of the Old Testament. There's one thing about Jeremiah, some of you are like him, that is he wept. He cried easily. He did it not haphazardly, but it had meaning. I'm telling you something, if you don't know, I'm sure that most of you do. The shedding of tears in joy is one of the greatest blessings that Christian people have. But the shedding of tears that we need also, we need to shed them in agony at times because we're concerned about those that are lost. Jeremiah said, for the hurt of the daughter of my people am I hurt. Jeremiah 8.21 What did he mean? He meant this. When my nation hurts, I hurt. He was called the weeping prophet. The first verse of chapter 9, he says, Oh, that my head were waters, and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I may weep day and night for the slain daughter of my people. He's talking about the unsaved. I'll tell you when the unsaved of this community will be saved. Do you want to know when? When this church in unison weeps uncontrollably for their soul.
win. When together, we like, I, or like Jeremiah would say that we wished our head was full of water so that our eyes might weep day and night for the lost. Jeremiah could have stood before his congregations and I could stand before you and every preacher that I know of could stand before their congregations but unless those tears were wept with a heart of love they would be meaningless. When are we going to see the lost saved? When we weep tears of love for their soul, that's when. One of the problems that I have with television ministries, well, there's many problems I have with television ministries. I have a little thing that I'm going to give you one of these days. $369 million was raised by the six largest television ministries in the United States. $369 million last year. What we as American Baptists across the United States raised was a little less than $30 million. But what we accomplished with our 30 million were thousands upon thousands of souls saved. I don't see statistics from the television ministries of the number of people born into the kingdom of God. Although I'm sure there are some. What I'm saying to you is that we as an organized group of collective people with what little monies we collect across these United States, just, just in our denomination, with a fraction of the money, are reaching thousands more for Jesus Christ than all the TV ministries put together. Because we do it when we go one to one to one and witness to Jesus, witness to them about Jesus Christ. Listen, that box that sits in our living room can be turned off and the preacher's gone. The church is gone. But listen, this church stays. And it's a continual witness in this community 24 hours of every day. Seven days of every week. Nobody can walk by nor drive by this church without having been reminded that this is the house of God. And contained herein is a group of people who love that's got to be the message we proclaim. We might preach our hearts out, but unless we preach it in love, we're not going to see the lost saved. Well, let's hurry on. He also talked about knowledge. And though I have all knowledge, I have not love. You know, there are lots of people who know a lot about the Bible. I am not a, an expert to Bible scholar, and I have been pushed under the table on more than one occasion 
by people who could quote me scripture from end to end. I can't just quote them like that, never have, and tell you exactly where it's found. But even though we were capable of quoting huge volumes of scripture and being able to identify exactly where they are, but we do not have love in our heart. We are just, we might just as well be reading some fiction book as this book. We are not saved by the Bible. Did you know that? We're not saved by the Bible. We're saved by the love of God. And this simply then becomes his witness to us and to the world. You want evidence of your salvation? You're not going to find evidence of your salvation by how many Bible verses you know. The evidence of your salvation that I will see, and the evidence of my salvation that you will see, will be in that one word, love. And we made that very plain this morning, I think. All right, he says, even though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, have not love, I'm nothing. Now he's not talking about salvation faith. He's talking about a faith a person has once he believed. Faith that I had when I became a Christian was very, very weak. All I could say was like the man in the scripture that said to Jesus one time, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I've got more unbelief than I have belief. But I've got enough to know that I'm saved the power of Jesus Christ through his love. But what about my faith beyond that point? Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. I begin to wonder when I read that how much faith I really have. But I've come to find out over the years that in fact that little faith that I have inside me wrapped up in the love of God, the Lord can take my faith and move mountains for me. It's not our moving mountains. It's our being used of God to move mountains because we are allowing the love that he has for us to be in us. Jonah was a great man of faith. Jonah was sent to Nineveh to preach. He was a preacher, you may recall. And the Lord said, I want you to go to the city of Nineveh and preach there because there are sinners there, and I'm going to destroy that city if they don't repent. Now Jonah said, now Lord, I don't want to go to that city because if I go and preach, I know that you'll save those people that repent. His problem was he didn't want them saved. I have known church people who were not interested in the salvation of anybody else's soul. And I say to you, unless you're interested in the salvation of somebody else's soul, there isn't much of the love of God in you because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever would believe would be saved. We are not a private club. Amen. We are simply an instrument in the hands of God to win the lost. I know where I'm going when I die. Because the Lord promised it to me in his word. 
He loved me enough to save my soul, and I said yes to him one day. I simply said yes. And he took me at his word. It's like a young man asking a girl to marry him. He says, will you marry me? And she says, yes. And they become husband and wife. The Lord has said, will you have me in your life? And the most of us, at least, maybe all of us, I don't know, said yes. When we said yes, a transformation took place that gave us a total new outlook. And it's love. Jonah went to Nineveh. He didn't want to go because he didn't want to see him saved. The church is a place for sinners. I think we must always remember that. I'll never forget a little story I heard. It took place in London when one of the fine churches in London, the women's mission group, maybe I've told you this story, pardon me if I have. The women's mission group met on Thursday afternoon. And to that group was coming a Chinese girl, sinner, not saved. She wasn't the best kept person in the world. And it was disturbing the atmosphere of the women's mission circle. They finally came to the pastor and said, Pastor, you're going to have to get rid of that girl. Because she's disturbing our circle. And if you don't, we're going to quit. Weak need chicken-livered pastor went to the little girl and said, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to ask you not to come back anymore. And her answer, her response to the pastor was, Pastor, I know I'm a sinner. Is there any place a sinner can go? Listen, this is the place for sinners. We're all sinners. But hopefully we're saved by grace. We want to invite sinners here because we love. He goes on to say, And though I give my, uh, all my goods to feed the poor, I don't have a love in my heart. Nothing. You know, some people would deny themselves, would live in poverty, would give uh, indulge self-affliction upon themselves, would do all of those things. And there are people who do it. But if you do it for any other reason, because you love, you have wasted your entire life. Wasted. When we give our Christmas baskets, if we don't do it in love, we better throw them out into the creek. When we give our offering in the offering plate on Sunday morning, and we don't do it out of love, it might benefit somebody, but listen, it's not going to help us once one red cent. We don't do it in love. Whatever we do with all the possessions we have, it ought to be in love. 
One of the tragedies of our missions is that so many times we only give away those things that we no longer want. Real missions is giving even those things which are precious to us because somebody else needs. That's real missions. Not giving our discards, but giving of our means in order that somebody else might have a little bit of that which the Lord has provided for us. That's what love is. Then he goes on to say, even though I might give my body to be burned. And you know, there are people who, who set themselves on fire. You've seen that on the newscasts and so on. And read it in the newspaper. The uh, Ayatollah Khomeini or whatever his name is, I always have trouble pronouncing it, promised many of his men in his armies that they are guaranteed eternal life if they will go on a suicide mission. And they will do it because they want eternal life. The Lord Jesus is not sending us on a suicide mission. He's sending us on a mission to love. And because we love, we will have eternal life. So the foundation of all that we do as Christian people, all that we do as a church must be built upon love. One of the things about the early Christians that the non-Christian community was quite aware of, and that is that they observed that Christian people loved each other. They noted that. We're not talking about love. This morning we talked of as eros, erotic, uh, boy-girl love. We're talking about agape, Agape is the same kind of love that God had that he put in me, he put in you. Now, we're going to give it away. We're going to give it away. Not because we don't want it. Because the more we give, the more we get. You can't outgive God. Do you know that? You can't outgive God. The more you give of yourself, the more God will give of himself. Let's love. Before you leave tonight, I hope you'll hug somebody. And above all, I hope you'll tell somebody you love them. I'm not talking about eros. I'm talking about agape. Will you do it? If you do not have the love of God in your heart tonight, I invite you to experience it. Experience it. If you don't know what all this noise is about that we did this evening and all the testimonies and all the tears, you'll only be found when you receive the love of God. If you don't have enough of that love of God, we invite you to have more. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. I want you to know this evening that I love you. Sincerely, every one of you. I hope you love me. More than that, pray you love the Lord Jesus Christ.
Do you? Shall we pray? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at James sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.